You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. This train does not stop. Last week, The Dolphins got the big victory over the Arizona Cardinals, 34-31. We got the Tua versus Kyler matchup. And now we are going to have the Tua versus Justin Herbert matchup. And this is one that is going to have the another one with just narratives. The narratives are coming in. Did the Dolphins get the right guy? Should they have taken Herbert? You know, they ended up with Tua. Is is Herbert actually the best rookie quarterback in the NFL? It you know, it there are a lot of different storylines out there. And with all those storylines going on, the rookie quarterback that has his team in the best position at this point is Tua Tungavailoa. Granted, he didn't put his team in that position, but there he is, right there, leading the Dolphins to a well, the Dolphins have won their last two behind uh, Tua's efforts, although, you know, I think the defense played a big role in that game against the Rams, but Tua really showed us what he had last week in the game against Arizona, and now he's going to go up against the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert at 4.05 p.m. uh, from Hard Rock, or Dolph, what is it now? Hard Rock Stadium? Hard Rock Stadium. (laughs) Jeez. Well, you've been uh, away for a while. Yeah, it's, you know, I listen, still Joe Robbie to me, but, you know, I, I'd like to meet the person that still calls it uh, Pro Player Stadium or Pro Player Park. It was Pro Player Park for like a week and a half before they decided. Anyway, uh, this it's is also Land here. Shark for a little bit. Ever remember when it was Land Shark? It was a full season that Land Shark had the sponsorship deal uh, with them. But yeah, Pro Player for a little while. Anyway, uh, the Dolphins. Going up against the Chargers this week, and we are going to talk about it right here on the same old Dolphin Show. But before we do, a reminder, as always, to make sure that you are following us on all of the social media channels. So on Twitter, we are at same old Dolphins. The brain is at Aaron the Brain. That's A.A. Ron the Brain. And I am at Amplified to Rock. That's Twitter. Over at Facebook, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash same old Dolphins. And we'll be uh, sharing some thoughts that some of you left over there on the Facebook page when we get to our hashtag one hot take segment later in the show. And additionally, every episode of the same old Dolphin show is available at DolphinsTalk.com. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So make sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. And additionally, we now have a YouTube channel. It is the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. 
So uh, head over to YouTube.com, do a search for Dolphins Talk, all one word, and you will find it. Uh, that Ever since we started pushing this YouTube channel, people have been coming over there and, and joining it and subscribing. So we appreciate all of you that have done that so far. And if you haven't yet, we hope that you will do that. And this episode, of course, and every episode of the same old Dolphin Show going forward will also be available on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So make sure you do that. And finally, last but certainly not least, make sure that you are subscribed to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts, make sure that you have subscribed to the same old Dolphin Show. And if you find yourself with a little bit of time, just a little bit, you don't need to have a lot of time, we hope that you will leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. Write us a little review over there, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a lot, and we appreciate it each and every one of you that have done that so far. All right, Brent. The Miami Dolphins coming into this game against the Chargers. And on its face, this looks like a game that the Dolphins should not have a problem with. On its face, it looks like a game that the Dolphins should come in with like Dolphins have been on a four-game winning streak. They've got the Chargers coming in with a two and six record. And you know, it looks like this should be easy enough. But when you really look at the Chargers, I mean, when you really take a look at this team, there's a lot of talent on this team. Granted, the defense is a little bit banged up, um, but they're getting some of those key pieces back. Um, but and but they're and they're missing obviously Austin Eckler on the offense. They're missing uh, uh, Justin Jackson, so they they're missing some pieces. Uh, on both sides of the ball, it, it very much like the Dolphins are, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But this is still a very talented team, and an argue. I mean, they're two and six. I think almost all of their losses have been single possession losses. So this is a team that finds themselves in the middle of games constantly, and they're in it to the end. So this is certainly not going to be a walk in the park. For the Miami Dolphins. So let's take a look at this game. We'll, we'll start first on the offensive side of the ball for the Miami Dolphins and what they're going to need to do offensively and what the Chargers might try to do defensively to slow the Dolphins down. But before, I guess the, the place where this conversation has to start, Brain, is with the news that broke, I mean, right after we released the last episode of the podcast, when after we had just gotten finished talking about how uh, the Preston Williams injury doesn't sound like it's going to be that bad. It sounds like it's, uh, you know, he's more like a day-to-day -day situation. Uh, we released the podcast and boom, the Dolphins have placed him on injured reserve. It sounds like there's a possibility that he's going to stay on injured reserve for the rest of the season, that we don't see him again. Um, but it's kind of unclear. Either way, he's on the shelf for at least three weeks. And that makes the Dolphins, who were already fairly thin at receiver, I think, uh, you know, even, even thinner now at receiver. So, how does that injury affect the Dolphins' offense, and what is this offense uh, going to do? How is how are they going to attack this Los Angeles Chargers defense? Because I mean, like I between the the mystery of the running back situation and now with Preston Williams being injured, I honestly have no idea what to expect from this Dolphins uh, Dolphins offense on Sunday. Well, I think we have a pretty good idea of what to expect from the Dolphins offense. 
Uh, and it's not that Preston Williams won't be a huge loss because he's a big part of what the Dolphins offense does. He is, I believe, second on the team in receptions, second on the team in, in targets, second on the team in yards. Uh, so, you know, uh, behind Devontae Parker, he is the next option and he's a big body. He's a, he's a body that, uh, they've liked whether it was Fitzpatrick or, or Tua. They like to target him in the red zone. So he's going to be missed. But that said, it's not like this offense has not played without him. Uh, you know, last season he, he got injured right around the same time of the year, I believe in, in the, in week 10, in the ninth game of the season. And the Dolphins played the last seven games of the season without him. In the last game, uh, he went out, uh, after his touchdown, which I believe was early in the third quarter. Uh, and the Dolphins played without him and they moved the ball and they scored. And all you got to do is really look at who they went to when Preston Williams came out and that's going to give you your your key as to what this offense is going to look like. Last year, Preston Williams was the team's number one receiver at the time that he he left. And I, I realized that Chan Gailey wasn't here last year and uh, Fitzpatrick was the quarterback last year uh, and now two is here. But last year when Preston Williams went out, what happened? Devontae Parker went off. Devontae Parker just got a lion's share of the targets. His target share percentage went way up. He produced at a high level, at a number one receiver level. And, you know, this year Preston Williams came back and Devontae Parker has still been producing, but his numbers have been uh, you know, kind of similar to what they were last year uh, in the first half of the year when Preston Williams was there and both of them were kind of neck and neck as far as targets, yards, receptions, touchdowns, things of that nature. And Preston Williams goes out in this last game and five of Devontae Parker's six catches in the last game come after Preston Williams comes out. D- uh, Jakeem Grant, I believe had three catches after Preston Williams comes out of that game. Uh, that's where the, the offense is going to go. It's, look, you're going to have to have other guys step up, but it means a greater target share for Devontae Parker. Uh, it means, uh, Jakeem Grant will be more involved, but then you're also going to need other guys to step up. Last week, Mac Hollins got on the field. He got one target and it was the biggest catch of the whole game. Uh, so, you know, maybe he gets in there. Uh, Lynn Bowden has now been, uh, you know, elevated or, or activated, taken off of the, the COVID list. Maybe Lynn Bowden has uh, a greater role in this offense. Hey, maybe without Preston, you know, Preston Williams was, you know, big part of the game plan last week, but now having a week to prepare without Preston Williams on the game plan, maybe that means Mike Gesicki is a bigger part of the, of the offensive game plan. Uh, they activated Chris Myrick from, uh, the, the practice squad, uh, this week, uh, in news, uh, for, you know, a couple of other players who, got put on that COVID list, which we'll talk about when we get to the other side of the ball. But 
Uh, Durham Smythe, uh, questionable with a concussion. This tells me the activation of Chris Myrick. It means one of two things. It means either we're going to go with four tight ends, which could mean bigger packages, uh, more two, three tight end packages, more packages with two receivers versus, you know, the, the three receiver sets. That's another way of attacking it. It could also simply mean that Chris Myrick uh, uh, a receiving tight end, kind of a project that the Dolphins have been hanging on to. He was on the practice squad all year last year, has been on the practice squad the whole season this year. Uh, maybe they, maybe this is kind of a secret weapon that, that they're going to unleash on the LA Chargers, given that there's an opportunity there. We're losing a big body. Let's throw a big body out there. Uh, so I think there's, there's some unknown there. Uh, but also I think there's a lot of known. And I think the, the, the thing that we know is that Devontae Parker is going to be a huge key to this offense going forward. He needs to be the number one guy, the guy that we saw last year. And, and to be honest, he has been that whenever he's been targeted and he's played through some injuries this year. And honestly, the, that's probably the most impressive thing. Uh, because he still looked like the Devonte Parker that we saw last year while playing through injuries, which was his, which was the biggest criticism on Devonte Parker through the first three, four years of his career. So, uh, I, I think that's what the offense is going to look like. But ultimately, what would be a huge help is if they could get the running game going. Because, look. It, they they might not be able to to simply replace Preston Williams' production in the passing game, but you're going up against a defense that is allowing 4.9 yards a carry in the bottom quarter of the league when it comes to rushing yards per carry. Uh, this might be an opportunity to get that running game going, take some of the pressure off of Tua and this passing game. Yeah, uh, Brian Flores said this week that the uh, that, that that with Preston Williams going down, that we were unlikely to see somebody go from getting ten snaps to suddenly getting sixty snaps. But everybody is going to sort of get a little bit of a gradual increase in the amount of action that they're seeing offensively. So um, we're we're going to see that, and probably not just that. Uh, receiver, we're going to see that at at running back as well. I imagine it were. Matt Breida, as uh, as we are recording this on Friday evening, is still questionable for Sunday. Sounds like it's going to be a game time decision as to whether or not he goes. But um, you know, so it may be a situation where Breida is getting a few carries, where Jordan One Yard is getting a few more carries, where Salvin Ahmed is getting more carries, where Patrick Laird is getting more involved. You know, this is a team that's been very good about the next man up mentality. So far, and this is one of the areas where I think that Brian Flores has been succeeding with flying colors, his ability to instill in his players the confidence that if it's your turn to come up and step up, that you can do that and you can deliver. And and it's been impressive because, I mean, you take a look at the Dolphins roster and the, and the I almost did it, the Los Angeles Chargers roster, and you look at them side by side, you know, you would think that you know, the Chargers would be the team that with the five and three record and the Dolphins would be the team with the two and six record. But it just goes to show what head coaching 
can do for you. And I mean, you know, without getting into the whole conversation, but I think between Brian Flores and Anthony Lynn, the Miami Dolphins are the team with the better head coach at this moment in time. Brain, what are the Chargers going to do defensively to try to slow this Dolphins offense down? Because they're dealing with some, uh, they're, they're not totally healthy over there. No, they're not totally healthy. And, uh, you know, the, the really they've only got one injury that stands out, but <laughs> it happens to be their best player. And that's Joey Bosa. You can make the argument that Melvin Ingram is just as good as Joey Bosa. The fact is they make a hell of a tandem and they're extremely difficult to prepare for when both of those guys are healthy. So the fact that one of those guys, Joey Bosa, is out, that makes them significantly easier to prepare for, especially because of the type of defense that they run. They run a defense that's very similar to that Seattle Seahawks defense of a lot of cover three, a lot of bringing pressure with the front four, similar to what we saw a couple weeks ago against the Rams, a team that does not blitz very much. In fact, the Chargers uh, blitz, I believe, as little as anybody in the league, something like 11% of the time. Uh, this is a team that really relies on getting pressure with their front four with those guys, specifically Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. So without Bosa there, I think it makes it easier to look. You, you could put an extra blocker there. You could let maybe, maybe, maybe Ingram ha- ends up head to head against uh, Austin Jackson and Austin Jackson can handle him or he ends up one on one against Robert Hunt and Robert Hunt can handle him. But you might want to put a tight end on that side. You might want to chip him with a running back. You might want to slide the protection that way. You can double one guy. You can't double two guys. So the fact that Bosa is out, I think that makes it uh, a clear cut strategy as far as who you, who you key on. Uh, as far as the rest of that, uh, Chargers defense, look, they're going to play zone. They're going to try to keep everything in front. They're going to try to limit big plays. But frankly, I think that plays into Miami's hands. I think Miami is an offense, uh, that's, that's based on rhythm and timing. They want to take their shots when available, but they're not afraid to take what the defense gives them. They're not afraid. Obviously, Tua is, tremendous at that short to intermediate game as far as his accuracy with the slants and the outs and 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 all of those short to intermediate routes uh but I think the way to attack a defense that's going to play a lot of cover three is to attack them short and take what they give you and then try to come up with some run after the catch so screen passes uh you know, quick slants, passes out to the, to the flare. I think, uh, this, this would be, if Matt Breida ends up playing, this would be an ideal matchup to utilize a guy like Matt Breida. But even, uh, a guy like Mike Gasicki who can, who can attack in the seams, uh, or maybe, you know, and maybe the Dolphins can take a couple of shots where Jakeem Grant can, 
try to blow the the top off of the off the coverage or just Jakeem Grant being there to 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 maybe draw a couple of those defenders deep open some things up in that intermediate game for other guys uh there are ways to attack them uh and and it's just significantly easier uh when they're missing a guy like Joey Bosa uh, because it again they're a team that relies on getting pressure from their front four and you take away their best pass rusher and now it's difficult to get that pressure and if we can keep the pocket clean then it should be a good day for two of this team gives up a lot of yards uh, but ultimately the place where Miami's got to attack them is is in the middle. Uh, we got to be able to run the football. We should be able to run the football against them. Again, they're giving up 4.9 yards a carry on the ground. Uh, the Dolphins running game has not been good. Uh, so, it, you know, it wouldn't shock me if we can't get that 4.9 yards a carry. But we've also shown an ability to kind of be creative and, and manufacture some rushing yards. At least we did last week, whether it was Savan Ahmed or... Uh, to a scrambling. I think this could be a game where we break out a little bit of the run pass option. Uh, or maybe with Lynn Bowden back and Malcolm Perry, uh, there, maybe with both of those guys on the field, maybe this is an ideal situation to, br- to bust out some wildcat. The only caveat I'll say to that is I don't necessarily want to see the, the, the wildcat, uh, if two is out there and he's just balling. If two is balling and he's getting into a rhythm and, and we're moving the football, then I don't need to see gimmicks to try to get something going. That said, if we're struggling to get something going, uh, this might be a good week to try it. Agree a hundred percent. If, if, if the Dolphins are struggling to get the ball moving on the ground and Tua is not able to get something going in the air because you know, the Chargers are just sort of sitting back waiting on it, then yes, yeah, then it's time to, you know, mix it up. But if if Tua's, you know, out there slinging it all over the place and Matt Breida or Savan Ahmed or even Jordan Howard, if they're out there getting, uh, you know, and they're managing to move the football, then I think, yeah, you don't need to put those wrinkles in there. I mean, we know that the Dolphins are working on those wrinkles. We saw a very little bit of it in the game against Arizona last week. And, you know, I think as much as you can use those to sort of help give you a spark when you need it, then that's the time to do it. But if you're moving the ball well, there's no reason to put it into the mix otherwise. So let's move to the other side of the ball. And as we sort of hinted at earlier, the Dolphins have lost a couple of key defensive players to the COVID-19 list, and they are Kyle Van Noy and Christian Wilkins. We know that the Dolphins have now brought up Benito Jones uh, to sort of help out on the line and cover some snaps on the defensive line. And if the rest of the, or I think, I imagine that we'll probably see a lot more uh, Sam Aguavone on the defensive side of the ball in the linebacker core to try to cover up for some of that lost time that Van Noy uh, would have been filling. But I mean, the biggest thing with Van Noy is you're losing that leader on the field. And I think that is going to be an area where, you know, there's there's certainly somebody else out there that's going to be able to lead the troops, whether it's Jerome Baker, you know, or, or somebody else. There's somebody that's going to, you know, sort of lead the troops on the field. But still a pretty big loss for this Dolphins team defensively. Now, the 
the sort of good news is when you're looking at the Chargers offensively, they're missing some talent offensively. They're, they're missing some running backs. Austin Eckler is gone. Justin Jackson is gone. Uh, uh, Pope is not going to play in this game. So it looks like it's going to be a backfield of Joshua Kelly and Kalen Balage. The, the infamous Kalen Garbage comes back. Finally, Kalen Garbage has come back to Hard Rock Stadium. And, uh, well, you know, hopefully the Dolphins will be able to keep him from from running wild. I mean, as long as they don't give him a giant hole that he can run straight through, it should be no problem. But, you know, uh, we'll see. Anyway, then again, he's also escaped the clutches of Adam Gase. So who knows? I mean, he had escaped the clutches of Adam Gase last year. He still didn't do anything. So, um, you know, I don't know how much that narrative narrative holds weight uh, for Caitlin Bellage. But anyway, and then, of course, the, the Chargers have Justin Herbert as their quarterback, and he's a guy that is been shining through since he got the the start in the I think it was the second game in the season for the Chargers when he wasn't expecting it uh Tarod Taylor gets a punctured lung from a team doctor and suddenly Justin Herbert is the starter for the Chargers and he has just been fantastic not only is he throwing the ball really well he also has the big physical ability to get outside and run so that's something that the Dolphins are going to have to keep an eye on maybe not to the point that uh Kyler Murray did it last week but this is still a mobile quarterback with the ability to move he's a big guy Um, and I think the biggest thing with him is that the difference between uh, Justin Herbert and some of these quarterbacks that the Dolphins have faced in the couple of weeks prior is that Herbert actually thrives when you throw the blitz at him and he's actually this season really been pretty good at figuring out how, you know, when that blitz is coming to at diagnosing it and finding his guys. And he's got some pretty good talent at receiver with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen won an, an elite receiver in the league. Uh, he's got Hunter Henry at tight end, who he's not maybe utilizing as much as you might expect him to. But this is still an offense that is pretty loaded with Justin Herbert at the helm. So what are the Dolphins going to need to do defensively to slow this Chargers offense down. This is, I mean, listen, this is the number two offense in the NFL right now when it comes to yards per game and uh, number six in the league when it comes to passing yardage through the uh, per game. So what what, is, what are the Dolphins going to need to do to slow this team down, Brent? So as far as Kyle Van Noy, where I think the Dolphins will miss him the most is this he is so adept at setting the edge and he's just so disciplined and and so good at being in the right place uh, and doing his job, that old Patriots adage of, of do your job. And uh, he'll be replaced with guys like Andrew Van Ginkle and Sam McGuavin. Uh But those guys have been really sub-packaged linebackers that have been used in specific packages with with specific roles. And with Van Noy going out, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how the Dolphins utilize those guys. Do those guys stay in those roles? Do they see an expanded role? Does Shaq Lawson spend more time standing up at linebacker? Uh, do the Dolphins maybe, uh, you know, 
go go a different route with some linebacker or you know do they play more dime coverage in this game being that the the Chargers are not a great running team and don't have a lot of uh running back depth. I, I do think we're going to see a lot of Andrew Van Ginkle in this game. And Van Ginkle has looked really good in uh the snaps that he's got. He's been a difference maker. And then I think in, you know, more like obvious pass downs where they want to bring pressure. I think Sam Aguavin has shown, I mean, all you got to do is really look a couple weeks ago when Van Noy missed the game against the Jets and Sam Aguavin came in uh, and played, I think it was something like 50 snaps in that game and he played really, really well. Uh, so it, it, like you said, it is a next man up mentality that this team, that, that really every team in the NFL thrives to have, but the Dolphins have really shown so far that they, that they really have taken it to heart and they really, uh, they really thrive on it and they take pride in it. And I, I fully expect one thing I know is that the Dolphins aren't going to make excuses. They're not going to, you know, if they come out and they have a bad game, they're not going to blame it on Kyle Van Noy and Christian Wilkins being out. They're not going to blame it on Preston Williams being out. They're going to say, we didn't do a good enough job. And they're going to take accountability on that. And every single guy on this roster is. And that's that's a sign of great coaching. It's, you know, every guy down the line will kind of parrot the same things that Brian Flores is saying, and they're all of the right things. I mean, they're cliches. They're those coach cliches, but you'd much rather have that than guys that are, you know, pointing the finger or not taking accountability. So, uh, I, I think the guys are going to step up. I think Kyle Van Noy is going to be missed. Honestly, I think the Christian Wilkins, uh, you know, him being absent, it's not an injury, but you know, his absence, I think may be felt a little bit more because you combine that with losing Devon Godchow earlier this season, and you've now lost your top two defensive tackles coming into this game. So it means a huge responsibility is now on Raekwon Davis. Uh, who has been seeing more and more snaps every week and has been playing pretty well. But you're probably going to see his snap count drastically increase this week. And then Zach Sealer, he's been amazing so far. He has been the the revelation of the seat. Well, I mean, I don't know, him or Manuel Ogba, because Manuel Ogba right now has been an absolute beast. I guess Emmanuel Ogba had some expectations and he's far surpassed them, or far surpassed them. Zach Sealer had no expectations, but he's far surpassed them. Uh, Zach Sealer now has a huge amount of responsibility. Benito Jones, uh, sort of a nose tackle, maybe a little bit of an undersized nose tackle, can, can do some one gap stuff and and get after the quarterback a little bit he will likely play a role getting in the middle and you might see a little bit of Jason Strobridge who made his uh NFL debut last week and got in for something like 12 snaps so uh the depth is going to be tested here but ultimately I think rather than throwing a huge amount of responsibility 
on guys like Benito Jones and Jason Strobridge, I think you're going to see a greater responsibility on guys like Raquan Davis, Zach Sealer, and, and I think Shaq Lawson, who may even, uh, you know, they may even move him inside a little bit and may, maybe move him out to outside linebacker. We might see a more, more four man fronts from the Dolphins in this game, uh, to kind of mitigate you know, missing, uh, you know, a big body like, like Christian Wilkins. I, I don't know. We'll see. Or they might go the complete opposite direction and they might say, all right, we're going to throw Raekwon Davis in there at nose tackle and play him like, you know, 75% of the snaps and, and, and get, you know, fewer, have to have fewer defensive tackles in because of that. I don't know, but they, they're going to have a plan. They're, it's not just simply going to be, uh, we're going to have the same game plan that we had before, and we're just going to make this uh, square peg fit into a round hole. That's not the Dolphins' way of doing things with this coaching staff. They realize that every player has a different skill set. They're going to change up the game plan based on the players that they have, based on the opponent that they're playing. And so I think you're going to see different fronts uh, and and just different packages that are in there. And, and like, like Brian Flores said, you're not going to see guys go from 10 snaps to 60 snaps. You're just going to see, uh, you know, a little bit more responsibility put on the shoulders of every single player. So what is going to be the key to winning this game for the Miami Dolphins, or defensively at least? What is going to be the key to stopping this Chargers offense? I think it's two things. I think... Obviously, first and foremost, you got to make Justin Herbert feel uncomfortable. Uh, the Dolphins have been really good the, the last, I mean, it feels like forever now, but I guess it's been, it's been four games. It's been this whole winning streak. Even last week, they were really good at making, you know, Kyler Murray uncomfortable. The thing is, is that Kyler Murray, you know, just made things happen with his legs. And Justin Herbert, don't get me wrong, he's a great athlete and he's fast and he's mobile. It's not like he's Joe Flacco or Jimmy Garoppolo back there, but he's not, he doesn't have that quick tit, uh, quick twitch, excuse me. He doesn't have that quick twitch, uh, fiber in him to just explode and, and change of direction. I think he, he's more of a guy that will, you know, they'll divine, they'll design plays for him to roll out and get on the run, uh, get him out in open space. Uh, if he gets pressured, he can maybe avoid it, you know, maybe drift back a little bit. He can move in the pocket because he does have good feet, but he's not a guy that's just going to tear off for a 20 yard run unless he's got just, you know, man coverage and everybody's 20 yards downfield and there's nobody there. It, if they bring the blitzes the way they have the last few weeks with Josh Boyer and, and and Brian Flores doing it that way, and they're scheming the pressure and it's coming from different places and and he's not able to diagnose it right away, I think they'll be able to get some sacks. I think they can force him into a couple of mistakes uh, and, and just generally make him feel uncomfortable. I don't think he's unflappable back there. He has been good under pressure, but... Just like most quarterbacks in the league, his his numbers have, you know, regressed a bit when he is under pressure and he is prone to making some more mistakes when he's under pressure. So I think that's a big key. The other big key is that the Chargers are 23rd in the league in red zone touchdown percentage. So 
the Chargers are going to move the ball because they're a very good offense and you're going to give up some plays and you just have to understand that that's part of it. But if you can avoid giving up the big plays and this Chargers team likes to get big plays, they've got between Mike Williams and, and Jalen Guyton, a couple of receivers that are in the, you know, the, in the top 15 in the league in, uh, yards, uh, yards on catches that are over 20 yards. Uh, those are guys that, that make big plays downfield. If we can keep those guys in check and just keep, you know, those big plays at a minimum and force the chargers to go on long drives. This is a team that has struggled in the red zone because they can't run the ball with any consistency and they, and it's harder to throw the ball the closer you get down into the red zone, especially the way the Dolphins defend it with uh, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, uh, Eric Rowe to match up on, on Hunter Henry. The Dolphins have the horses to match up with the weapons that the Chargers have on the outside. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, can the Dolphins bend but not break? And then ultimately, where the Dolphins have struggled defensively, is where the Chargers have struggled offensively, which is running the football. So can the Dolphins stop the run? Kalen Balaj, Kalen Garbage. He was Kalen Garbage here through one game with the LA Chargers. He's been Kalen Balaj. He had a very good game last week against Las Vegas. So we'll see. We'll see if the Dolphins can can shut down the run. If they can shut down the run and just not give up big plays and put pressure on Justin Herbert, I think there's a clear path to victory in this game. There it is. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back from that break, we are going to talk about the hashtag one hot take from many of our listeners shared their one hot take with us for this game and that we will make our predictions for this Sunday's game. So we will be back right after a quick word from our good friends at Manscaped. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 includes their Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer with advanced skin safe technology. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Magic Mat Disposable Shaving Mats, and a pair of high-performance anti-chafing boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. And you can keep all of your Manscaped products in the Shed Travel Bag. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOLPHINSTALK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code DOLPHINSTALK. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Your balls will thank you. And we are back here on the same old Dolphin Show and it is time 
for our hashtag one hot take segment every week right before the game. Usually on a on a Wednesday or Thursday, I will send word out into the ether to uh, ask the Dolphin fans what their hashtag one hot take is for the upcoming game and. As always, you do not disappoint. The listeners have shared a lot of takes with us. And so here we go, Brain. If you hear anything that makes you super excited or that makes you hesitant, you'll you'll jump in as you as you always do. So first off, at Patch Vibes says Fins by 20. Uh, I love it. At Turo23 says his hashtag one hot take is Dolphins run game shows up and they win their fifth in a row. I like it. All right. Josh Josh A. Go Habs Go says Tua will outplay Herbert. Jones and X will play their best game and Miami wins. Uh, Too awesome. Spelled Tua Weesome one. So two awesome one says hot take for this one is the run game shows up out of nowhere. And this game is not about Tua versus Herbert. Oh, that is a formula for success. If the Dolphins can just run the ball so that it really doesn't even become all about Tua. That would be that would be fantastic there. Let's see. What do we got here? Uh, Andrew Tornetta says Herbert plays his worst game of the season. Dolphins win by 20 plus. Super excited. Yeah, I like that. John John underscore Claude 21 says there will be zero doubt after Sunday that the Miami Dolphins, Tua, and Coach Flo have officially arrived and are legit. Let's see. uh, At the Hug Plug says Herbert has his worst game. Dolphins blow out the Chargers. Uh, Guam Fuchsius says Dolphins zero blitz scheme will be too much for Herbert. I have my doubts about that one. Let's see. George242364 says Grant will score two touchdowns, one on a sweep, next on a slant. That was actually going to be my hot take was that I think Jakeem Grant is going to have a big play in the ground game on like an end around. So I like that one a lot. It's a good one. Excellent. Uh, let's see. At Finn underscore Attic say Herbert will have two or more interceptions. I like it. <laughs> How about this one? Uh, from at Al the Wanderer. He says, Tua will throw passes to 18 different receivers. I don't know that the Dolphins have 18 different receivers. Yeah, I don't know how, unless he's going to, I mean, maybe he completes one to himself. Maybe you get a tackle eligible. Maybe you get a batted ball and a guard comes up with one. I Even even with all that, I, I think you're, 12 is probably where it's capped. Well, I think the spirit of the, the, spirit of the take is that Tua is going to spread the ball around. He's going to spread a, the wealth. He's going to spread the wealth. I can get behind that. Let's see. At E1985A says the Chargers will not score more than 10 points. Let's see. Uh, This is from Elias Ochoa at Eli underscore Loco 8. He says, I think the Dolphins have over 150 rushing yards with the help of mainly Brita and Ahmed. Sounds crazy, but I just have a gut feeling this Will be the game plan. Well, Tab, it's definitely going to be the game plan. It's whether or not they're going to be able to make it happen. I agree uh, that it, it sounds crazy. Yay. At M. Harrison 74 says combined points over 70. What's the, uh, what is the over under on this game? Let me get it for you. It, I, it I'm sure riffing. 70 would be the over for sure. Yeah. 
keep 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 riffing. Uh, keep coming with the hot takes. I'll get you that. I'll keep in a going. Uh, Cameron Sparks says Byron Jones gets his first interception as a Dolphin. At Dirty South, nineteen eighty two says we sack Herbert five times. Let's see. Uh, uh, the over under is forty eight. Oh, so this would be way so so. Uh, uh, so where the over so is what he at saying. M Harrison seventy four says take the over on this one. Yeah, that's yeah. wow. Um, let's see here. We've got uh oh all right, here we go at R Hilbert eleven eighty seven says big halftime lead and comfortable win similar to Jags game. I'll take it. I'll take it. I would love to not That's be. It's been the majority a, of the Dolphins' wins I'm, this year. I, I'm telling you, this is a game against the Chargers, so it almost is definitely going to come down to the last possession. But I'm I would be grateful if it didn't. Let's see. Uh oh, here we go. At Finn Fixation says Dolphins D scores a touchdown for a third game in a row. At Minka's mom says Ahmed player of the week. And let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh G. Cooper L. says X-Man gets two picks. Here we go. At uh, Libertarian1214 says Dolphins will rush for 150 yards. Uh, at Mer- Mercenova says Jakeem gets his first bomb touchdown, leaving everyone in the dust thrown by Tua. I like it. I like it. Here's a, here's a good one. Uh at uh, at clap, I Florida says Finns score more points and win. <laughs> not not the hottest take, but no. but probably you know he's got a fifty fifty shot at being right, or maybe a better than fifty fifty shot. Absolutely. Uh, here we go from Leon Carlos. He says Jason Sanders remains perfect four four and three extra points. Wow, that's a lot of scoring. That's uh, thirty three points. We're probably looking at the Dolphins scoring on almost every possession there. Here's uh, here's another one from M. Baselio 1. This will be the maybe Jakeem is the next, next Wes Welker game. <laughs> a lot of Jakeem Grant Everybody love get, today. Everybody getting a lot of love. A lot of love for Jakeem there. Let's see. A couple uh, of good weeks and everybody is back on board. I mean, I'm back on board, but... Um... We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Drunk Fitzmagic says Herbert doubles his interception total. Byron Jones gets one and Eric Rowe gets the other. Uh, let's see. Uh, Austin Dobbins says Kalen Garbage revenge game. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, he looked, good, he looked good last week. Let's see. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Uh, Byron Jones gets his first interception since 2017 from Joe Perez. Tua catches a TD pass from either Malcolm Perry or Lynn Bowden. That's Bacon Shake 34. That's a that's a good take. That's the kind of that's what I'm here for. Here's another one from at Finn's disciple. Manti Teo's girlfriend leaves the game with Tua. <laughs> this is so he's good leaving. Stuff. So he's leaving solo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Man, what a throwback! Yeah, that's a good. That's a good way. Manti Teo still in the league. Does he have a uh, girlfriend, or he's I, still he's still dating that that other one? We don't know. Catfish. We don't know. TBD. Uh, let's see. Last one here um, from the Twitter machine at Golski says Howard versus Belage. Both teams going to have negative yards on the ground. That's a pretty good take. Let's see. Uh, 
Uh, Justin O'Donnell on Facebook says, this is exactly the kind of game Miami tends to lose. <laughs> God, yes, it is. It's true. It is a very <laughs> same old Dolphins is. thing for the Dolphins to lose this kind of game, you know, because the national media is paying attention. We've heard a lot from the national media, given the Dolphins love this week. So then, you know, to have them go lay an egg against the Chargers would be a very same old Dolphins thing. Yeah. Uh, at Kevin Delafave says we lose a heartbreaker. But this is also on Facebook right here. Silver Chican says we at home. We don't lose. <laughs> we lost the first two home games we had this season. Yeah, but they, this is the Tua era. This is it's Tua time, <laughs> that's, baby. That's so true. Th- things have changed. All right, Brain. We 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 got some hot takes from the listeners. So now it is time to turn the tables on ourselves and make our predictions for this game. You're gonna go first. How are the Dolphins? Gonna fare against the Chargers? Are they six and three, maintaining their playoff wild card spot, or do they fall to five and four in a big, disappointing, heartbreaking loss at home to the Chargers? What you got here? I think offensively, while things will be different without Preston Williams and he will be missed, I think specifically in the red zone, I do think the Dolphins are going to be able to get things going against this Chargers defense. I think that uh, with each week, two is going to grow more and more comfortable. I think the fact that Joey Bosa is out is going to make things a lot easier on this offensive line. The fact that they don't throw a lot of blitzes makes this an easier opponent to prepare for for this offensive line and I think you know it's an offensive line that's really struggled the last two weeks and and there's been some shuffling of some personnel and we're not even really sure what the you know who's going to be starting on the offensive line is Solomon Kinley going to be out is Jesse Davis going to be in is it going to look different than that uh all we know is there's six guys that they that they really like, and five of them are going to start, and in all likelihood, all six of them are going to get in the game. But I think that this offensive line that was playing really well and has kind of taken a step back against two really good opponents the last two weeks will have a bounce back. I believe that two is going to get comfortable. He's going to get into a rhythm. I think we're going to see a big game from Devontae Parker. Uh, I think... I would not be surprised if Devontae Parker puts up 100 yards and a touchdown in this game. And I think you're going to see Jakeem Grant be a bigger part of this offense. I think you're going to see Jakeem Grant used in a, in, you know, a jet sweep or an end around. I think you're going to see more RPO and you're going to see, uh, I, I think you're going to see some of those wrinkles. Uh, where, where Lynn Bowden and Malcolm Perry get in there and they're, and they're utilized a couple of times in this game and in opportune spots. And I think the Dolphins offense is going to get into a rhythm and going to move the ball. The, I think this game is going to come down to, uh, red zone opportunities. I think both defenses are going to make it, uh, their, their goal to, limit big plays and keep things in front of them and try to play bend but not break defense. The Dolphins have been better at that than the Chargers have been this year. And I don't expect that to change. Furthermore, I think that the Dolphins have shown the last four weeks 
uh, propensity to be able to get after the quarterback and get after the quarterback in creative ways that the opposing offense is not prepared for and has surprised those opposing quarterbacks. Yes, Kyler Murray had a great game last week, but I think that's going to be the story pretty much every game or just about every game for Kyler Murray is that Kyler Murray is go- is just one of those guys that there, sometimes there's nothing you can do you have you have a great play dialed up and then he goes and he improvises and turns it into a 20 yard game I don't think that's the case here with Justin Herbert I think he's while he's mobile, I think he's much more similar to guys like Joe Flacco and Jimmy Garoppolo that the Dolph and and Jared Goff, who the Dolphins had a lot of success against. He's a guy that will do much of his work in the pocket or backing up. Now, the thing about Her- Herbert is he does have that elite arm where he's able to make throws while drifting back and while uh throwing off his back foot that a lot of guys can't make. The thing is, I think this Dolphins secondary is really well equipped to handle the weapons that the Chargers have. So I do think this is a game where, again, the Dolphins are going to be able to force some turnovers. And I wouldn't be surprised if for the third week in a row, the Dolphins defense comes up with some points in this game. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be that kind of effort. Uh, but I, that said, I think the Chargers are going to make a game out of this. I don't think they're going to go away. Uh, their, their season is kind of, I mean, m- most people would say, well, they're pretty much done. You're two and six and uh, you probably have to win nine or 10 games to, to get into the playoffs. The odds of them winning, you know, seven of their last eight or the last eight games, it's slim and none. But this is a team that's, you know, fighting for their season right now. Every game has been close and that you could, they could have easily won three of the game. I mean, honestly, they could have easily won five of the six games that they lost. Uh, you got a, a pair of overtime losses. You have a one point loss a couple weeks ago to Denver where they blew a huge lead. And then you have a game last week that looked like they had it won. Uh, with, uh, you know, a, uh, a fade route in the end zone that looks like a catch. And then all of a sudden it's not ruled a catch. So and that's four games right there where if you switch it, all of a sudden they're six and two and they're the talk of the league. Uh, so th- this Chargers team is better than their record. It's going to be a tough game, but I think the Dolphins are going to make more big plays in those aspects, turnovers, red zone defense non-offensive scores, and then the great equalizer, the Dolphins' special teams, Jason Sanders continuing to be elite, uh, Hawk, Matt Hawk continuing to do a great job in field position, knocking opponents back, uh, pinning opponents back inside their 20, inside their 10. Uh, I think the Dolphins uh, build a lead in this game and kind of hang on and do what they need to do to come up with a victory. And I'm calling it Miami 27, uh, Los Angeles, not San Diego, Los Angeles 23. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to be maybe a little bit more low scoring. I think we're going to see Tua maybe make a costly mistake in this game. 
at some point. And I, and I think turnovers are going to come into it. Um, but ultimately, I think it's going to come down to something that it came down to last week, which is the fact that the Miami Dolphins have a coaching staff that is competent and knows how to win games uh, on on the field when it comes down to it. And on the other sideline, you got Anthony Lynn, who just has a tendency to make a mess out of things. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think there's going to be some sort of flub down the stretch that Anthony Lynn is going to make, and it's going to uh, hand an opportunity to the Miami Dolphins, who will take advantage of it. And your boy, Jason Sanders, is going to have a game-winning 44-yard field goal. I'm going to get a very take. specific. It's a it's a game-winning 44-yard field goal for your boy, Jason Sanders, and the Miami Dolphins defeat the Los Angeles Chargers by a score of 23-21. to 21. There you have it. That is going to wrap up this episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. We will be back after this game to talk all about it, to, to, to look at what happened, talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll be back here in your podcast feed on YouTube talking to you about what happened. And as always, if you have thoughts that you want to share with us, get at us, whether it's on Twitter, at Same Old Dolphins, at Aaron the Brain, at Amplified to Rock. You can send us an email if you want. It's uh, same old dolphins show, all spelled out at gmail.com. Same old dolphin show at gmail.com. If you want to ask us a question on via Gmail? Go for it. Get in there. We're happy to, to respond and get back to you. Um, and, and we'll do that. And if you've got thoughts and comments, you know, tweet at us, post on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash same old dolphins. Send us an email and we are happy to get at you. Just another reminder, as always, make sure that you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all your latest Miami Dolphins news and information. Make sure you are subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search for Dolphins Talk, all one word, and you will find the Dolphins Talk channel. Make sure you subscribe so that you get all of the videos from us. From everybody over at Dolphins Talk, we're going to be adding much more new content to that YouTube channel. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you are ready for it when it comes down. We will talk to you early next week. But for now, take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!